0: Hi, this is your host, Dale Jose, and welcome to this special edition of my podcast series, Aging with Grace 55 Plus, made possible by Kentucky AARP, Today's Transitions Now Magazine for Seniors, and DPL Financial Partners. This special edition is for the Commonwealth of Kentucky, which has two upcoming election cycles. A primary election will be held Tuesday, May 17th, followed by the general election on Tuesday, November the 8th. Remember, in a democracy, voting is your voice. So, make sure you are heard by voting in the May 17th primary and general election on November the 8th. The deadline to register online to vote in the upcoming primary election is April the 18th, 4 o'clock p.m. local time. Absentee Ballot Portal dates to request an absentee ballot is April 2nd through May 3rd. If your favorite podcast host from upstate New York went way too fast, then please visit GoVoteKY.com, which, by the way, is a very user-friendly website. Before we welcome our guest, Kentucky Secretary of State Michael G. Adams, Here's a fun political factoid. We're very familiar with the elephant being symbol of the Republican Party and donkey as symbol of the Democratic Party, right? You've probably asked yourself, why the adoption of a pachyderm or a domesticated member of the horse family as symbols of opposing political parties? Well, I'm glad you asked because it turns out A cartoonist, Thomas Nash, is credited with creating both the Republican and Democratic symbols, the elephant and the donkey, respectively, when he lampooned the political parties in a cartoon in Harper's Weekly Magazine in 1874. Soon, people everywhere began using those symbols to represent the parties. And now you know the rest of that story. And by the way... I'll return with another piece of political trivia later in the podcast. For now, let's welcome Secretary Adams to this special edition of Aging with grace fifty five plus. Welcome to Aging with Grace. Secretary Adams. How are you today? I'm great, Dale. Thanks for having me on today. I well, absolutely absolutely. you know we're absolutely grateful that you're here. And I thought, you know, for the sake of time, I thought we would kind of get through, get into some of the uh, overview, if you will, of the election process. Um, We'll talk about the process in a second. But part of this program and what AARP Kentucky is interested in is recruiting precinct workers. And so we want to make sure that we have enough precinct workers. Can you kind of walk us through that process? I want to especially
1: thank AARP. Uh, They have been just a great partner. Uh, with our office the last two years and getting information out to the public. And that's been really helpful. That's the, the biggest challenge I've gotten this job. It, there's lots of good news. Uh, there's been expansion of voting opportunities. There's been an improvement of the security of the process, but unless we get that information out to the public, it doesn't do anybody any good. So I'm real grateful for this partnership. Uh, so to your question, let me put this into context. I was elected to this position in 2019 Before COVID, uh, I was sworn in uh, two months before the first COVID case in Kentucky. Uh, And the very first thing I told the legislature was that we have a poll worker crisis in Kentucky. It takes 15,000 volunteers to run an election in Kentucky. My staff is about 35 people. You can do the math. I don't have 15,000 people to run this election running out of our office. Uh, The government doesn't do this. Volunteers do this. Civil society does this. And without election workers, you don't have an election. Uh, So we need all the help we can get. Uh, I needed help before COVID and COVID certainly hasn't really helped with that. It's made it even harder. Disproportionately, the people that step up and help us are senior citizens. I'm so grateful to them for doing that. We still need their help. I also need younger people to step forward and assist us as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the easiest way to become a poll worker is to go to our website, GoVoteKY.com. We've got a portal there where you can register. You just enter in some basic information about yourself and hit the button. Uh, we automatically convey that information to the county clerk in your home county, and then your county clerk will follow up and, and bring you in. Uh, mm-hmm. One quick point on this too, uh, when I took office, our laws prohibited Independent, libertarian, and so forth, voters from being poll workers. You had to be a Democrat or a Republican. Only only ninety percent of our voters are Democrats or Republicans. About ten percent aren't, and we discriminate against those people. And I don't mm-hmm. believe in discrimination, mm-hmm. but it's also just dumb to write off ten percent of your voter pool and mm-hmm. not let them be poll workers. Uh, any registered voter in Kentucky now today is eligible to be a poll worker. Okay. And so, if you're registered to vote, then take one step further in civic participation and join us at the polls and help us run this election if you can.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. We encourage people to do that. I'll also include that information, govoteky.com, as part of the show notes for this episode. Um, Secretary, the other thing that's uh, intriguing too, uh, in terms of your administration, is the creation of an online voter services portal. And I think that's very, uh, it allows people who need to vote absentee to fill out an online form can you talk to, through us the efficiency of that and why that's important for for voting safety in Kentucky? Thanks. Yeah, I'm real. I'm real
1: proud of this uh, administrative reform we've introduced. So to put this again into some context, it used to be if you were going to vote by absentee ballot, and my guess is most of your listenership qualified, uh, you. You qualify on the basis of age or disability, illness, all sorts of categories. Just age alone uh, yeah. allows you to vote absentee ballot. And by the way, this is a right that's in the state constitution. I didn't I didn't create absentee voting. We've had it in the constitution as a right since 1945. Really? Question, how do we make this right more available and easier for our voters? Mm-hmm. So when I took office, the way to vote absentee was you had to write a letter to your county clerk and ask for an absentee ballot. Uh, you do apply by mail. Then the clerk got your application. They would hopefully approve that. They'd mail you back the paperwork to fill out. You'd fill the paperwork out. you mail that back. This took like a week or two. That's just not efficient. It's a waste of time and resources. And it made this harder for the clerk. It made it harder for the voter. We got rid of that. You can do that if you want, but the better way to do it is this. Go to our website, GoVoteKY.com, and there's a button there you click on for your absentee ballot. Again, you don't have to use the computer, but you can if you choose. Uh, the portal allows you to request your ballot and process it immediately. Okay. So instead of having this back and forth in the mail, we got rid of that. Now you can mm-hmm. just do it directly. It's more secure that way, but it's also much faster. Uh, the Go ahead. I see you have a question.
0: Yeah, let me ask you a question. Uh, so if, if I request this information remotely, does that not increase the probability that I could be a, a, that a for a potential fraud? Because how do I validate who I am remotely to vote in Kentucky?
1: Well, that's a good point. We we thought of that too. It used to be that you could just sign something, mail it in, and say you were so and so, and there was no verification process at all. Uh, the first thing that I did here uh, when I when I won was implement a photo ID requirement, uh, and we actually apply that also to the absentee voting as well. Uh, it's it's very convenient, basically. Uh, you punch in some personal information, and we verify that against your photo ID. You don't have to produce it on the website in any way. We have a partnership with the Bashir administration, uh, the Department of Motor Vehicles. Uh, we take the information you provide us, your your personal information. We cl- we confirm that with them against their database. Uh, they issue all the IDs. They issue driver's licenses. They issue other state IDs. We verify that with them. It takes seconds, and then we confirm that you've been verified and we process your requests. And then here's the best part about the portal. It makes the election more secure because it lets us verify the voter, but it also lets the voter track her ballot. Uh, it used to be you just took it on faith that, that your clerk sent your ballot out and, it, and you were going to get it in the mail. Right uh, Now you can actually track it the way you track an Amazon package. 24-7 from the comfort of your home on the same website, govoteky.com, you can see where your ballot is. You can see if the clerk has sent it out. You can see if the clerk got it back and kind of drove vote. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a personal example. I voted absentee. I lived in D.C. for a few years, uh, many years ago. I still voted in Kentucky, voted absentee. Uh, and I used to FedEx my absentee ballot because I was so panicked about it getting lost in the mail. Wow. and I wanted a tracking number on it. Yeah. Well, now I've given that to all Kentuckians and it's free. You can track it yourself on our website, GoVoteKY.com.
0: We'll return to my interview with Kentucky Secretary of State Michael G. Adams shortly. Earlier, I promised to share another piece of election trivia. So here it is in the form of a question. In American history, who was the only president and vice president not elected to the office? In American history, who was the only president and vice president not elected to the office? I'm probably not allowing enough time for this brain tease, but we have to take time to thank our sponsors. Not have to take time. I want to take time. That sounds better (laughs) to thank my sponsors. Kentucky AARP, Today's Transitions Now Magazine for Seniors and DPL Financial Partners, not only for making Aging with Grace 55 Plus podcast series possible, but also this special edition, Vote Smart Kentucky. So, who was the only president and vice president not elected to office? That would be President Gerald Ford. That's right, President Gerald Ford. Using the 25th Amendment, President Richard Nixon appointed then-Congressman Ford, leader of the Republican Party in the House of Representatives, as vice president after Spiral T. Agnew resigned in scandal from that position. And then, you'll remember, nine months later, President Nixon also resigned in scandal as Gerald Ford became the 38th president of the United States. Here's another piece of political trivia. Forever proud of his hometown, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and in several interviews, the only office Mr. Ford said he ever aspired to hold was to eventually become Speaker of the House. Yeah, just kind of doing his thing, laying his plans out to achieve his goal of becoming Speaker of the House. That Reminds me of an of an old saying. Um, how does it go? Uh, oh yeah, uh, th- yeah. Here's the old saying that God laughs at the plans of men, as His divine destiny directs the carefully made plans of men and women. In this case, plans. Congressman Michigan Congressman Gerald Ford had made only to become Speaker of the House later to become the only president and vice president not elected to the office and now the conclusion of my interview with michael adams another question for you is uh and i'm sure a lot of our older voters will enjoy hearing about or enjoy this question as well um, you were able to put together a bipartisan movement to move away from uh, electronic voting machines toward paper ballots. And that, to me, is truly the bedrock of voting you, versus the potential manipula- manipulation of, uh, of bits of data uh, one way or the other. Um, you, but you, you were the one to take that uh, took that initiative to make that happen. And I want to say thank you. How engaged was that? What does that mean for Vote Kentucky Safe?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, I uh, I worked really hard to get this job. I spent 15 months in a primary and six months in a general election traveling the state nonstop. I drove 50,000 miles across the state. That's around the earth twice. I did over 500 uh, campaign stops, uh, blue counties, red counties, everything in between. And I will tell you this, the one issue I got asked about the most from Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, Greens, everybody is about the voting equipment. And it, and people told me that they trust paper ballots more, that they want the security of a paper trail. Let right. me be clear. Our our machines are not on the internet. They never have been on the internet. Excellent. They have no modems. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want Kentuckians to trust our process. And they trust our process more, regardless of their ideology. They trust it more if they vote on a piece of paper. And they see it go into the machine, and they see that vote counted, and they know that when the election's over, I can open the machine up and count the paper ballots and verify that the count was right. We mm-hmm. can't do that with electronic machines. Uh, in Owensboro in 2018, uh, the the last election before I ran for office, there was a tie vote for a state house seat in Owensboro, and they tried to do a recount and they couldn't because you can't recount machines unless you've got paper ballots to count against, right? To verify the count. Mm -hmm. Uh, So whether it's so you can have a recount or so you can have an audit, you gotta have paper ballots as your backup. Uh, So we actually got a near unanimous vote on this. Both parties came together. Uh, The Democratic governor was for it. I'm a Republican, Uh, I was for it. We had both parties in the legislature come come together on it. Uh, When I took office, we had 29 counties in Kentucky that didn't have a single machine, not one that could process a paper ballot. Uh, now, all 120 counties have paper ballot machines. Some have a mix of paper and electronic.
0: Now so, the 29 like, counties, excuse me, Secretary, the 29 yeah. counties, uh, you couldn't vote on paper, but you could vote electronic machines. Correct. Right? Yeah, okay, go Correct.
1: ahead. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I've done a few things on that point. The first, uh, I procured federal uh, funds, matching funds for our counties so they could upgrade their equipment. That's how in 2020 we got every county up to paper ballot equipment. But some counties still have a mix of paper and electronic. They're wanting to upgrade uh, to paper. Uh, And so I've asked the legislature this session for state matching funds to, to take some of the pressure off our counties. County budgets are really, really tight. They always have been, and they especially are now. So we're trying to do a tripod of federal, state, and local funding to cover these costs, which are significant. But my expectation is by the time Kentuckians vote in 2024 for president, every single vote in
0: Kentucky will be cast on a piece of paper. Excellent. Very good. For our listeners, I trust you have enjoyed this. uh, If I go to my one last question with uh, Secretary Michael Adams, Secretary of State for Kentucky, he was just talking about uh, being able to vote absentee. Uh, Just a quick reminder that the mail and absentee portal dates are, it opens on April the 2nd and it closes on May the 3rd of this voting cycle. So make sure that you you, uh, fall within those dates that you complete the required paperwork in terms of registering for the election in Kentucky. Last question for you, Secretary Adams, in terms of future, what what it looks like uh, in terms of the voting landscape in Kentucky, can you leave our listeners with one last thought as it applies to the upcoming primary election in Kentucky?
1: Sure, I'm really excited about this election. For, for a couple of reasons. One reason is this tends to be a high turnout, primary, uh, relatively speaking, because you've got so many local races on the ballot. You've got county races, uh, city races, as well as legislature and Congress. And so we typically see actually a higher turnout in the midterm year than we see in the gubernatorial year. Uh, people really care about their local government. Uh, that's a good thing. So I'm excited about that. Something else I'm excited about is this is the first election uh, that will have uh, implemented uh, early voting this is something that I uh, was fortunate in the legislature to pass last year. This is our first year with a statewide uh, election where every voter can now take advantage of early voting. Instead of just one day to vote, now you'll have four days. You'll have uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday before election day. No excuse required. No appointment required. Just show up and vote. Or if you want to wait till Tuesday, you can vote on election day too. But I'm I'm real proud of that. This really makes it easier for voters to vote. It's something that again I want to reiterate. Uh, I support absentee voting, it's in the constitution. Some people prefer to vote in person and we respect that. There's two ways to do that. Uh, Obviously you can vote in person uh, on election day or vote early in person now. But the other thing that we did is we created drop boxes If you want to vote absentee ballot, but you don't want to mail it in because you have concerns about postal delivery, that's fine. We've got a drop box now in every county. Some of have multiple drop boxes and your county clerk can tell you where those are. Usually it's at their office and some other locations. So this has all the benefits of voting absentee with all the benefits of voting in person because you can personally convey your ballot to the county clerk at the drop box.
0: Very good. Secretary Adams, thank you so much for your time. I truly appreciate it. Thank you. Great to be here. Thank you so much for listening to this special episode of Aging with Grace 55 Plus, Vote Smart Kentucky. This series is sponsored in part by Kentucky AARP, today's Transitions Now magazine for seniors and DPL Financial Partners. Remember, Aging is a lifelong process, and if you choose to see new possibilities, I promise you you'll find them. Life is a gift, so join me in wishing everyone you meet to be present in it. Be present. Get it? Be present. Life is a gift. Yeah, I think you got it. As we move on, aging, I love that line, aging is not a time of diminishment or being relegated to the sidelines of life. But this is our time of application of lessons taught by some of our best teachers, including experience. I'd love to hear from you. So please send me an email. That's dale, D-A-L-E, at awg55.com. You can also listen to current and past episodes on my website, awg 55.com in addition to hearing them on your favorite podcasts including apple google etc and now here's the last thought of the day from james clear author of the book atomic habits james clear writes good habits make time your ally bad habits make time your enemy so until next time This has been your host, Dale Josie of the podcast series Aging with Grace 55 Plus.